Hello and welcome to PST Review, the show not giving up like Sergio Ramos in the dying minutes of Le Classique, but hopefully with a little bit better results, also known as the show that is looking at the mountain ahead, taking a deep breath and crossing the fingers. From here on in, we are up for an adventure and the next month is going to decide a lot, like really a lot. It will define the season, the future of Galtier and even Compass, I imagine, I'm not saying that necessarily it should do that, but I feel that it might, and while we have full focus on all the tasks at hand, which are, as it stands, Ligue 1 and Champions League, since we crashed out of Coupe de France for a second season in a row, it's becoming a bad habit, but on top of these two competitions, which, let's face it, we want to win, even if one of them is much more ambitious than the other, but we must also, somewhere in the back of our mind, start thinking about the future, the summer and the legion of returning loanies with various levels of success and wages. How to shed load from our salary structure without losing quality in the squad. How to integrate the youth players and which ones and what money is there for new players. Perhaps even bigger than any of these questions. Who should be given extensions to and at what cost? Messi, Ramos, Kimbembe and Marquinhos. The last one of those reportedly close to signing and also should Neymar be sold if possible? These are absolutely huge questions that will define the near future of this club. So we are living massive times not only in the locker room but also in the boardroom. My name is Miko. Great to have you listening to PSG Review. You can always find me online at PSG Helsinki on Twitter and Instagram or even via email, which is PSGHelsinki at gmail.com. Rate, review, like, subscribe, share. That would be very helpful to me. And let's dive into what this episode is all about. We have one topic, one match, one mess. Le Classique in Coupe de France and PSG traveled to meet the enemy side Olympique de Marseille at Stade Velodrome in south of France. Let me take a brief step back. Basically, this is what happened to me personally. I had made an arrangement for Wednesday evening that I could not cancel before this Coupe de France match was even scheduled, so I was unable to catch it from the very beginning. I actually only started watching it after the half time. I saw some of the highlights from the first half, but nevertheless, I was mainly focusing on the second half. And since the second half only gave us one goal conceded after a fairly lukewarm, I mean, at best lukewarm, that is a very polite uh, way of putting it, performance, I decided that I won't be revisiting the first half just to have an opinion about its specifics. I feel like the specifics are almost irrelevant at this point. I feel like that would add very little to my or your life and it's not like there aren't enough other things that are bus skills in this world already. We can speak generally and not just based on this match in particular, but this early part of 2023, that in and of itself has been like this entity that needs a little bit looking into. What are the take-home messages? What is the state of the team and the club, the organization and the whole setup with us fans included after this bitter defeat to our rivals? I have to say this. I have to say this very begrudgingly, but I do have to say it nevertheless. Marseille was better team. They wanted it more and they were willing to work much harder. They pressed, they countered, and they tried. 
granted, this is the only thing they could achieve this season at best, so they will put their all in, and uh, I guess they will also rise to the occasion, or at least do what they can when they are playing against PSG, who after all, we are their nemesis as much as they are ours. And I say that Coupe de France is the one thing that Marseille can do well in this season. I mean, Ligue 1 is still a competition. They are there on the lookout for the second spot on the second spot, kind of like competing with RC Lens at the moment. And unless we can fix up, there is absolutely no guarantees that we couldn't hand it to them or Lens or perhaps some other surprise team that is coming from behind. There's still quite a few matches left. There's a lot of points to be won or lost there in Ligue 1. So, you know enough matches to ruin this entire campaign for us, but I am not a pessimist. I hope that maybe, if you have been listening to the show before, if you're a sort of fairly regular listener, you would know that I'm not entirely a pessimist either. I'm more of a class half full than class half empty, so I approach every new match as this could be the turning point. We could possibly turn the page and start again every single time that the players are putting their boots on and, and the match they should. I'm always thinking that maybe this is the night, maybe this is the match, and that's why actually this has been the longest one and a half months I can remember, because it just simply hasn't happened. PSG was very dominant last autumn. You know, we can remember the good old days, the days when the method uh, with which we traveled to our matches, uh, away matches, whether we were flying or taking train, was the biggest scandal, perhaps a ill advised joke that Kaltia made in a press conference or, or whatever else. These were the scandals of last autumn. And as serious as they may, in a bigger scheme of things, they seem like something quite lighthearted at this particular moment if you are living this football uh, situation as, as we are. We had the same players, the same coach, and of course, There were at the time far fewer injuries at the time, but what is kind of dawning on me right now is that perhaps some of the players were motivated mainly because it was a good preparation for the World Cup where they wanted to be the best. And a few of them were the best there, but whether it's fatigue or lack of motivation or something else, things aren't quite looking as amazing now. I mean, the autumn wasn't perfect, but it was solid. The club has reportedly the highest wage bill in European football, but not many of the players seem particularly interested in playing good football at the moment in this 2023. I'm exaggerating a bit, of course, because it's frustrating for sure, but I'm not exaggerating as much as I wish I was. And whatever I say is nothing compared to a lot of other people. The somewhat dramatic term mercenaries always keep on popping up during times like these. The dictionary definition of mercenaries, the one that serves merely for wages, especially a soldier hired into foreign service. And you would be excused in your frustration to say that this is pretty solid explanation, right? These players earn ungodly amounts of money and If you are not careful, you could even lean into some xenophobic tropes of them not caring because they aren't French. I, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily xenophobic. These rivalries and trophies aren't the ones they grew up dreaming about lifting, whereas the ones who grew up locally might have more visceral bond with some of them, these various competitions that are played in France. But in real terms, to what extent do these players care about this club and its colors? <laughs> Leading up to the trip to Marseille, the collective Ultras Paris 
gave them a send-off by singing at the airport and I know the usual wipe of these videos is them being rather greeted coming back after a successful mission, usually in the middle of the night. I mean, those are the iconic images we have seen, although of course also these departures, but this time it promised very little. Somehow, the attempt was there, but the feeling I got from the footage was that the players were watching the chants with the interest and excitement of a parent watching a school play in the Christmas gala where their own children are not involved. It was pretty detached, and I thought this before the match, so I'm not reverse engineering it entirely, but... One way to say it, of course, would be that they were focusing on the match. That's what the players were doing. That's why they were looking, you know, in their own kind of thoughts because they were already on that focus zone. Of course, that is also a much kinder interpretation. I mean, what are we expecting them to do, sing and pogo with the fans there? That's hardly going to happen. We don't celebrate victory in advance, but there was a mood there. Kind of difficult to put your finger on, but there was a mood there among the players. It seemed that they were merely indulging the fans and meeting their contractual requirements. Do they care about anything other than the money? It's a very kind of like... A poignant but also kind of selective question. Do they get the rivalry against Marseille? Well, the big stars, you'd imagine they do because despite having been on various sides of it, they aren't unfamiliar to rivalries with Barcelona and Real Madrid, for instance. Messi and Ramos. Hakimi has been also representing Real Madrid in the Milan and Borussia Dortmund, so he could write a whole paper about rivalries. But of course, every other player also understands the concept of a rivalry. But you can't just theorize it. You have to get on the pitch and live it and feel it. Like the Marseille players in this regard have more significant will to beat us where as we are just trying to avoid injuries and be best positioned for the rest of the season. That is a kind of like a feeling that you get. Look, I don't know if this should be overstated, but I feel there's something to this argument. And don't get me wrong, there are players, even the non-French ones who know what this is about, who feel it, who are doing what they can for this shirt and while always a controversial character with the checkered history when it comes to his relationship with Ultras, Neymar, I would say that Neymar, he does love PSG. Sometimes maybe he has hated it or or at least disliked it. I, I don't know, but the opposite of love is not hate, but indifference and indifferent he has not been. For years now, we have had our ups and downs with him. And while I don't like to criticize the ultras because they are the ones who give their everything for this club and who keep our reputation in shape internationally around Europe and elsewhere, but also they keep the park bouncing and uh, make sure that the, the feeling and the atmosphere is one of the best in Europe. But sometimes they've also gone very far in their words. That's the nature of this relationship. It's a, it's a very volatile at times and feelings have been hurt. There's no doubt about that. There were actually some reports that quite literally during this brief get-together of players and fans, the president of the Ultras, Romain Mabi, would have extended his hand to Neymar. I hope we can have a new start for some of these things, because when things first started, oh, those were the good old days. Right now he does what he can and we rely on him a lot. In the absence of Mbappe and possibly even Messi who should miss the trip to Monaco as I record that is the information. Also the Bayern match is unclear whether he's there and that puts a lot of pressure on Neymar's shoulders and that is something that sometimes he handles better than anyone else in the world and other times 
not so much. But he cares. He cares about this club. I think he does. I, some people would argue against that, but I think that he certainly does. And he starts to have a long history with Le Classique also. Maybe that's sometimes the problem with this particular thing because his uh, approach to it is, is, can be very emotional. I imagine he doesn't think any higher of OM as the ultras do after his many skirmishes and even being target of a racist attack by Alvaro Gonzalez, who Marseille ended up moving on despite his best attempt to endear himself with the fan base. Fairly desperately, I think that uh, I have a very little respect for that guy, but enough about that. But there's also been these other tryhards in Marseille, like Kendosi and Payet also, who both of them having been wearing PSG shirt in some capacity now, desperately trying to hide that, but uh, I'm digressing. And to be honest with you, despite not having a high opinion of them, well, they did defeat us, so I guess this is also a little bit of time for humility for us, but let's get back into caring about this club, caring about PSG. Does Lionel Messi care about PSG? Well, to be honest with you, he cares about football and he cares about winning and he cares about his legacy. Does he care about PSG like he cares about Argentina or even as he cares or at least cared about Barcelona, whatever he feels now? Well, probably not. Let's be honest about it. Probably he doesn't care about PSG, certainly not as much as he cares about Argentina. I think that's very safe bet. But having said that he is here still to make a contribution, I will wait and see until the end of his PSG career or certainly at the end of the season to really analyze his time. Because personally, I feel like his PSG legacy could go either way. It could end up being a kind of extended Beckham situation where he came towards the end, made appearances, and that's the story. Or, fingers crossed for this one, he could be the one who helps to deliver the ultimate victory. Or something in between. Well, young Nuno Mendes certainly seemed to have felt something about this match as he broke a plexiglass while exiting the pitch. And no one generally doubts the commitment of his fellow country person, Danilo, who always strikes you as giving his all. But in the last couple of episodes, you might have noticed I have been very critical of the level and quality of Sergio Ramos that he has brought us, while including a disclaimer that there is a that one element, that kind of like a one part of him, that... Real Madrid mentality, which is pretty alien to us, where he can be as mediocre as it gets. But when it matters, he pulls some type of a rabbit from his shin pads. And this is what we saw against Marseille. Uh, it's certainly a little bit. In the end, he was our striker and he was forcing the ball in. He even got the ball in, but from an offside position. But he was showing that urgency, which I had mentioned the thing that has given him and his former team some serious European glory, the kind of stuff that we can only dream of at this point. That has made him a legend. So that said, he's an interesting player to have. And I'm not saying that this is in any way a reason to extend his contract because he is getting on with the age. But I look forward to seeing what he does in the Champions League, which after all is what we are here now getting ready for. My personal hunch is that with him on the pitch, perhaps we would not have lost Real Madrid one year ago. I mean, no one can ever prove it one way or another, so it's a very much futile speculation. But I feel like what he would have had in that situation is very much what Marquinhos didn't. I was also laughing by myself that I'm old enough to remember how everything always used to be Diego Silva's fault. 
I mean, we don't really have to go very far back in time. And and I, I don't know what kind of juju he must be exercising from London because since his departure, he went to win the Champions League. And we are here with the same exact precise problems as we always did, the ones that we always used to blame him. It's almost like these issues are somewhere else after all. Perhaps our business model makes it quite difficult to coach the team. Perhaps we need to ask questions about the higher-ups all the way to the top. But losing against Marseille, of course, is something that us supporters cannot accept. It's just one of those things that we don't want to see that happen. And it's quite interesting to me because in some way, you could say that the team is also a victim of its own dominance since PSG hadn't lost to Marseille in Velotrome for over a decade. And in general, there was only one defeat, which was a kind of bizarre match, a working accident in the midst of worst corona time shortly after the disappointment of the Champions League final defeat. So there was a context to that and it was a scrappy game anyway. But this bizarre dominance in general against our nemesis, OM, is very uncommon. To us, of course, it's quite normal. It's been very normal, but there were no other clubs against whom we had played a significant or in any way comparable amount of matches with the same level of superiority. So we are not used to losing to them, as we shouldn't be, of course, but sometimes everyone loses to someone. There was a lot of criticism to Marquinhos who said that we need to know how to lose. And I think it was an ill-judged, maybe badly timed um, comment, maybe observation that he made it, that maybe he should not have made at that point. Maybe it was a little bit of like to defend themselves or whatever he meant. And it's not really for me to decide on his behalf what he meant, but it was ill-timed and it was always going to irritate a lot of people. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that uh, in life it's good to be able to face setbacks and so on and so forth. But in a professional sports, usually the ones who go all the way are the ones who absolutely hate losing. It's a kind of driving force almost. And I don't know if that's healthy in a bigger scheme of things, but that's the way that it tends to go. And I think that what Marquinhos was saying, eh, well, you know, he could have maybe left that particular sentence unsaid. But that aside, perhaps this is a time for the whole club, for the whole team to get back on the drawing board and start building a new winning streak in Le Classique since we're no longer in a position to defend the old one with desperation. What is interesting is that Galtier is now facing a full-blown crisis. I'm not trying to be overtly dramatic, but things aren't going well and the optics weren't great when he looked like he was celebrating the Marseille second goal, although in all probability, of course, we should assume that his air fist was rather emphasizing oh dear than oh yeah, and whatever version of those with parental guidance advice there might have been, but as things stand, he needs to figure the whole thing out and there's very little time to do that. We have new injuries coming all the time. Now Messi is being talked about. Even Hakimi was mentioned. These are happening constantly and waiting to see what kind of eleven is going to limp on the perfect pitch of Parc des Princes in few days. Yeah, that is a, a thing to witness. One thing that I'm personally very clear on is that this is now the time. A very high time at that to make Warren Zare Emery as our starter. Enough with his age and so on and so forth. Oh, he's so young. Yes, he's young, but he's a special player and he deserves to start over so many more more uh, experienced, older players. And at the moment, it starts feeling like change is needed. Kaltia must have the authority to ask any of these 11 players on the pitch at any given time of any match to come and rest and make room for somebody else. And that has to include the front three as well. 
even not starting with all of them, even if they are all well fit and available. If there's a better option for the team, for coherent play, then I think that Galtier must have the guts to to use that option. And also, I would say, this is my opinion, as soon as Nordemukiele is fit and ready, what I would do, and this is a kind of typical armchair coaching with no connection to the dynamics of what's actually happening on the pitch, but I would raise Hakimi higher up on the pitch. I would make him the forward on that side, on that right side that we were unable to... um, higher during the, the the transfer window in January to have both of them there on the pitch at the same time because both of them are doing quite well. Of course, now there's injury situations, but both of them are doing very well. And I think that it would be an interesting thing to see, uh, more interesting at least uh, on a level of thought than seeing someone like Soler looking for his purpose in this squad, which I do hope he will eventually find. But so far, not so great, to be honest with you. The Monaco match... That's the next one. We will have to survive it. I want a win and no injuries. I always do. Every single PSG match, whether it's a a Champions League final or preseason friendly, I always want to win and no injuries. But we also have to be realistic and say that this match actually in and of itself isn't the season-defining one. And we can still have a lead in Liga no matter what. So we will see how it goes. I want to win. I'm not sure if I'm expecting it, but I do want it and I do certainly hope for it. And then we need to go for a good result at Parc des Princes against Bayern and work towards having a much fuller lineup available for the second match in Bavaria to finish off this business. You have to always remember with UCL knockout, it's not 90 minutes, it's 180. It's two matches with all additional minutes and everything. It's two different stadiums. It is uh, two different uh, crowds. It is two entirely different matches that are part of one knockout tie. So what we do need to do with the first match at Parc des Princes is, is I hope to win, but but we certainly need to be well positioned to take care of the business in the second match. This is not going to be an easy one, but these are the matches football is played for. These are the big ones. And these are the matches where your Messi's and Neymar's and Bappes and Ramos's come alive. These are the matches they live for. So if only we have them on the pitch, then nothing is lost. I cross my fingers so hard it hurts for our red and blue team. May a little bit of luck be on our side. A trip to Monaco now next as I record this on Friday. You, of course, might have already experienced it when listening and then it's the big one after that. At Parc de France, we will be looking into it, analyzing and reviewing it as we do here on PSG Review. I'm, of course, talking about the Champions League knockout match against Bayern Munich. My name is Miko. You can find and follow me online, give feedback and share opinion in the socials, both Twitter and Instagram. I am at PSG Helsinki, like the official PSG fan club I coordinate. And of course, you can also send an email, which is a good place as well. PSGHelsinki at gmail.com. Also, if you enjoyed the show, a nice way to help is to rate and review, share, subscribe and tell a friend. All those things. Until next time, we're living exciting, hopefully more exciting than frightening times and you have to keep your head up, right? That's how we do it. All the best to you and yours. Ale Paris and peace.